The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Good morning. We have um, a vital question this morning. And the vital question is coming from one of us. And he comes to the Lord and he says, How do I inherit eternal life? How do I acquire? How do I get on that train that's bound for glory? How do I acquire that which I know I need? And for the one who makes the inquiry, the answer, like it would be for all of us, is kind of a difficult one. The answer is not, think about it. The answer is not, talk about it. The answer is, do something. Do it. That's how you acquire it. Now, what might monks who are called and chosen to leave this world, have to teach us about doing that very thing. Those who have been called from the world, what might they have to say to us who live in the world? St. Seraphim of Sarov taught, that we need, taught us something that we need to work on every day, each one of us, that has to do with the acquisition of eternal life. He said, God is fire. God is fire that warms and kindles the heart and our inward parts. And so, if we feel in our hearts coldness, which is from the devil, for the devil is cold, then let us call upon the Lord, and he will come and warm our hearts with perfect love. Perfect love not only for him, but for our neighbor as well. Now, we might ask, who is my neighbor for whom my heart should be warm? In another monastery in Russia, in the Monastery of the Holy Trinity, there was a brown bear who came daily to the cell of St. Sergius, the monk. And though the monastic community had meager supplies, St. Sergius shared a portion of his bread with the visitor. And some of the other brothers grumbled that the bear was dangerous and frightened them. And anyway, there wasn't enough food in the monastery to go around. The bear came just for the food, and Sergius was encouraging him. One might even say, enabling him by feeding him. And if he fed him, then even more bears might show up. St. Sergius replied to them, I understand fasting, but the bear does not. And so, St. Sergius was warm-hearted to the creature. He was a neighbor, even to the bear. Can the hungry, the grisly one, the one who out of his suffering threatens me as I walk by him, can that one who threatens me be my neighbor? So often, with the lawyer in the gospel, 
we find ourselves asking, who is my neighbor? We seem most comfortable when we define the relationships that we have with others around us in the terms of circles, circles that have distinct borders with defensible walls between them. Think of the security settings on Facebook or Google Circles. We don't let everyone in to our Facebook friends list, at least if we're wise. <laughs> we have, in our very closest circle, our family, and then perhaps a few well-chosen friends, and our friends are usually not those who disagree with our opinions. The people in the geography around us, on our block, at work, in school, in the town, we relate to them with a sort of protective reserve. On a walk downtown, we may pass by hundreds without even making eye contact. At the Los Angeles airport, or in a crowded stadium, or on the mean streets of Isla Vista on Halloween weekend, I might jostle my way through tens of thousands coming and going. Who among them is my neighbor? How will I know him when I see him? We come soon now to the beginning of Advent. In the mystery of the Incarnation, the Son of God, the very Son of God, came down to the estranged race of us humans. He came down as our neighbor. He looked from heaven and could not endure to see us left as we were, bruised and bloodied by the assault of sin. His heart was warmed toward us, even when we were hostile toward him. And so, he did not just think about it. He did not just talk about it. He acted. He got up and did. Didn't just think. Didn't just talk. Got up and did. He went out of his way for us. He acted. In his compassion for us, he became like us. In solidarity with us, he took on our weakness that we might be given the power to come to his Father as our Father. And the Father so loved us that he gave us his Son. We were not in any way neighbors or friends or family to him, but he sent his Son down to come and be our neighbor. Like the Samaritan, he showed compassion on the members of an alien enemy tribe. Think of that in our troubled world. The members of an alien enemy tribe. He became our friend. He became our neighbor. He healed and bound the wounds of those who had caused his wounds. He paid for the provision of our lodging in the mansions of the kingdom at the great cost of his own life by horrible torture and the shedding of his own blood on the cross. And after he had paid 
this terrible price, he instructed the church to be an innkeeper to take care of us and the other broken ones who would follow. Do we lawyers embrace the holy work of innkeeper to the broken stranger? When the broken stranger comes to us, do we bind his wounds? Do we pour healing oil, as he did, on the wounds? Do we carry that one to a safe place? Do we welcome him? Do we go out of our way to find him, to lift him on our shoulders and carry him and heal him and bring him to a safe place, to this place? For this place is that place about which he speaks. Since we have been so cared for in this, day, in this way, who now is our neighbor? In the light of the Incarnation, we Christians can never again define neighbor by narrow tribal or racial or cultural boundaries. Being of the same language or color or political party or economic status do not define the neighborhoods of the kingdom of God. The neighborhoods of the kingdom of God contain all men, all women, strangers, family, and friends. Our neighbor is everyone who the Lord puts in our way on the road. Everyone. We ourselves accept and enter into the very reality of the Incarnation only when we respond to the warmth of the compassion that the Lord puts in our hearts, and only when we choose to act on that impulse, on that warmth, when we choose to act in the similitude of our Lord himself and the kindness that he has shown to us. Did you catch that I said only two times? Forgive me if I restate myself, for I do believe that the gospel is clear on this. Unless we act like the incarnate Christ, we truly probably haven't seen him. If we don't act like him, if we don't do like him, if we only think kind of like him and talk kind of like him, then we probably haven't really seen him. We must act, both think and do those things that are well-pleasing to him. If we do likewise, best we can, best we have the ability to do so, the world will hear the gospel preached far better than the eloquence of our most orthodox theology and the most wonderful beauty of our architecture. You want outreach and evangelism, people? You want outreach and evangelism? Then practice charity, for that is where it begins. Again, here's St. Seraphim. God is fire that warms and kindles the heart and the inward parts. Let us call upon the Lord, and he will come and warm our hearts with perfect love, not only for him, but for our neighbor as well. For when our hearts are warmed by God, and we act on that warmth, 
And when our neighbor, by that warmth, sees that we love him truly, not just with words, but with acts and deeds, when our neighbor sees that we love him, our neighbor will have been touched and warmed by the love of God. Let us go forth from here and do so. Amen.